Nature Brawls, everyone. I'm Doug, the host with the most. As always, it cracks Barney up every time I say it like that. Uh, I got, got, you know, we got to change this because <laughs> I could see Barnes, but it says John's name there. It's like, come on. <laughs> I'm here with Barnes, Derek, and Kasim. And today, our episode is the Bleacher Brawls Christmas special that will be released on Christmas Day, right? Uh, the 26th, so the day after okay. Christmas. Okay, day after Christmas. We are recording it. Today is the 23rd. We're giving you a little recap of what's gone down since our last um, pod. And a little bit of the Barnes special. So I'll be hosting the first half of it. And then Barnes is going to be hosting the second half of it, and it's all about it's all about Barney. Barnes came up with his good idea, and we're going to roll with it. We're going to have some fun for that second half of the show. But we got to co- cover a couple uh, administrative stuff, uh, trades, and free agent signings that went down. So um, uh, first, I'm going to send it to the first pitch. Check in with our guys. See who's going. See what's going on. Barnes, mustache, you're first. What's up, everybody? I've got the. I had this embarrassing mustache, and then my wife made me shave it off. Uh, Cassim said I looked like a janitor. Uh, I was going for a Nestor Cortez look, but hey, you know what? I just can't pull it off as well as him. Um, so then I shaved it off, and now it's got that little like mustache residue. So it just looks dirty. It looks like someone just smeared dirt over my upper lip. Uh, and that's what yeah, Doug's been laughing it, about it, the it whole does. time. So, uh, but hey, huge shout out. If you're listening to this, uh, this morning, uh, the morning of the, of the 23rd, we had a huge Twitter space that was, I was like, oh, this will be like 40 minutes. And it turned into like three hours. It was just a bunch of people talking baseball. It was a great time. Actually, everyone here was on it. So thanks for joining. Derek, you were on the show this morning. How'd you like it? What's new? I mean, it was fun. I mean, I mean, I, I like doing Twitter spaces, you know, and also gives us a chance to, you know, reach out toward, to listeners or bring in new listeners. Um, and it's something fun to do. Get to talk baseball. Um, I love talking baseball with my grandfather, but he's what, 70 something now. Like, like he, he, he just looks and goes, this team doesn't look good. I don't know the Red Sox look good or bad. I don't know anyone else. And there's only so much you can talk. I can talk about. So being able to talk to just fans of any team, we had to think of a couple. Uh, we had some Mets, a Mets fan. I think we had Orioles fan. We had a bunch of other stuff. It was great. And I did also for tonight, I brought along my chocolate milk. Uh, Mr. 52 ounce, you it's as big as my head. You're literally drinking something that looks like a, just like oh hey this is where we put all the excess stuff now we're gonna dump it out at the end of the night if you ever worked in a restaurant like i know doug and i worked at the same place at the, for, for a short period of time so there was always that like one little bin of just old food that were like okay we need to throw this out because it smells like crap that's what derek is drinking out of cass and what's going on buddy not much man uh i was just happy to have the day off work it's freezing here in detroit uh it's cold um a lot of busy uh, moves going on today in MLB, so it's pretty nice. Uh, just glad to have the day off. Now I'm here with you guys. There's the first pitch. Check up on everyone. Everyone's doing good. 
we're going to get into it. A um, couple of signings and a big, big, pretty big trade um, that we got to cover first. All right. So I'm going to talk about the Giants first. Woe is the Giants. All right. They had Judge for a short period of time. They had Correa for a short period of time. And then it all fell flat. We've covered Judge before. Y'all know that he's still a Yankee. But uh, a couple days ago, we all learned that there was an issue with Carlos Correa's uh, physicals. And there was an issue there. When we all woke up, we all looked at our phones and we see Carlos Correa to the Mets, a 12-year, $315 million deal. I want to know two things. What the hell's going on with the Giants? And what does it mean for the Mets? Who wants it? I'll take it. Um, because the, I, the whole Korea thing too, also with the physical, I think it's being, uh, how some reporters are putting out there is a little misleading. It wasn't that he actually failed his physical. It was his injury history. He had a leg injury when he was way back in the minor leagues, I think in 2014. Um, and the Giants saw that and they didn't like that. I think doctors recommended he had surgery, but then there was one doctor that said, you don't need surgery. There'll be no, no long-term effects if you don't even if you don't get surgery. So he didn't get the surgery, I think. And then uh, the Giants saw that and they were like, ooh, we don't like to look at that. Let's renegotiate. Um, and then that basically, Scott Boer started picking up the phones, going to teams saying, hey, he's available. Kasim? Yeah, I think all that physicalness is all nonsense. Uh, every team uh, is different with the uh, physicals re uh, for required physicals. Uh, one team might not look at it as this other team. Uh, I think uh, the Giants made a big mistake. Mm -hmm. I think they realized it. And I'm just talking about from a San Francisco Giant, uh, you know, what's called the uh, executive and what he, I think they made a mistake at the end and they realized that they might get stuck with the contract. I don't believe he has a leg injury. First, they say a back injury from 2014. Really? We're in 2023. I think they just wanted to get out of the deal. And I think Correa, I'm talking from Correa's perspective, Correa wanted to be a Met. When he found out that they got in at the last minute, he wanted to play with his buddy, uh, Francisco Lindor. So he took the contract with the Giants. But then at the end, I think Correa at the end really wanted to be a Met. And the Giants at the end really wanted to get out of that deal. So they came up with an injury. They're going to say, oh, we told them to take a physical, get a th second opinion, third opinion. And they probably asked Correa, hey, you need to take a physical again. And he's like, no way, I'm not doing it. Talk to my agent. Boris got on the phone with Cohen. He's like, hey, my star player is available. You still want him? Yeah, I still want him. Let's iron out the details. I think at the end of the day, Giants were good riddance and getting out of that contract. And I think the Mets were happy to get their guy. That's what I believe what happened. So Correa is happy to be a Met. Boris got his guy, uh, got his guy, uh, his player, the uh, the deal and Cohen's happy that he landed him and the Giants are happy that they're out of that contract and they just rather go on short-term deals and try to build around any way they can. So I think they were afraid at the end to give him a long-term contract. Yeah. So Barnes, who had buyer's remorse? Was it the Giants? Was it Correa or was it both? 
to be honest with you, I think it was a little A, a little B. Uh, actually, during one of the Twitter spaces earlier this week, someone asked, actually asked like something similar. It's like, hey, like what, like what happened here? And to be honest with you, I think it was a little bit of Correa who was like, oh, wait, I want to play on this awesome team that they're going to bring in Judge and they're going to bring back Rodon. And then they didn't. And they're like, oh, uh, so like I don't, I don't want to be here. Hey, uh, Boris, let's, let's get the gears going here. And then I think that the Giants were like, oh, crap. Uh, we don't have the two big name guys to go with Correa to actually win. And why are we going to spend this much money just to come in like third or fourth place in the division? Like, so I think it was a little A, a little B. I, I think it, in the end, I think it's working out for both parties. Like, hey, the Giants are saving a ton of money and Correa is going to go play on a team where he's getting paid and they're probably going to do something. Probably finish first or second in that division. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the Mets already had a pretty damn good infield. Uh, <laughs> then you go and add a good, uh, you know, a Carlos Correa. Uh, is there an infield, uh, you know, that comes close to uh, Lindor Correa, who's going to play third base, uh, McNeil and Alonzo? Is there a better infield anywhere? Maybe Houston gets close. Maybe they get close. Yeah, actually, they have they have um, Abreu, Altuve, uh, Pena, and Bregman. Yeah, yeah. I can't really think of a one that's much better than either of those two, or even close. I mean, my initial reaction was like, "Oh, uh, St. Louis Cardinals," and then I realized that I was just like, "Oh, Nolan Arenado is so freaking good that he outweighs any other." like anyone else in that team and i'm like wait the other guys like aren't that great either I, or not they're not bad but they're just not where the mets are it's at. arenado and goldschmidt essentially that yeah, field. exactly tommy edmund's solid um second base looks like brendan donovan but it's not the mets it's not the, give, at that Mets level yeah i'd give one more team and they're actually in their own division that's the atlanta braves if you look over their infield riley uh Al, um ozzy albies uh matt olsen and the shortstop now, I guess the rookie. I'm pretty sure. Uh, Von Grissom. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know how he's going to look at short, but I'm saying if you had to give one more team, I'll say the Braves. Cohen spent so much money uh, this year, right? Verlander, Correa, Diaz. I mean, the Mets have to be mm-hmm. the favorite in the National League, right? No, Kasim's shaking his head. No. No, no. How? How is that you, possible? I'll tell you why. Uh, I love what Cohen's doing. I'm. I'm just gonna speak on the Mets perspective. Just like the Phillies, they're going all in. They're spending, which I like. It's changing the game. It's telling the owners you have money, spend it. Don't be a cheapskate. And that's what the owner's been doing. You know, you're an owner of a team, you spend. So on, on that aspect, with the even the Braves are spending. So they're doing it smart. Uh, smart. They're developing and they're spending, which I like. But if you're telling me the Mets, uh, on paper, they look good. They really do. But honestly, I'm still taking the rotation of uh, the Braves. If all healthy, I still like the Braves. I think the Braves got a very good bullpen. And offensively, even though the Mets really built offensively, they're very good with Nemo and Starling Marte healthy, uh, Marcano, Lindor, Correa, Alonso, and McNeil with their catching uh Omar Navarro, which I really like, but I think the Braves lineup wise, it's the Phillies. Phillies own the lineup, but the Braves to me, all around, 
there's still the team to beat in that National League East. But the, it's it's a close it's a close race between all three teams between the Braves, the Mets, and the Phillies. Everybody improved, uh, but if I had to go all around and still the because there's still question marks with the Mets. You don't know if the rotation is going to stay healthy. A lot of old guys. So, but the the Braves, the Braves all around from top to bottom, they got a very good ball club, and they're still my division winners. But it's close. But I I give the edge to them. Definitely makes sense. Uh, all right. So the Giants have a horrible month, right? Horrible off season. Um, they, you know, miss out on Correa, miss out on Judge, and then they go out and sign a guy for Michael Conforto, two years, thirty-six million dollars. And as I kind of understand it, it's really like a one-year, twenty million with an opt-out after one. Um, man, so can you like pay a guy who was did not play in 2022 20 million dollars? And it's like I could see that for an Aaron Judge, for a for a Raphael Devers, for someone who's who's like a, a superstar, you know. Um, is is that worth it, guys? Or or did they massively overpay? I, I, I'll say this: all these deals these left-handed outfielders are getting, it's making the Yoshida deal for the Red Sox look better by the day. Because when that deal happened, you had all <laughs> these ESPN writers and these writers all throwing out of how bad a deal it was. Well, all these left-handed outfielders are getting these deals, or they're getting probably paid more than they should be, and it's making the Red Sox look better by the day, which. I appreciate that. Thank you to all the other teams um, for doing that. Um, but if this if 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 this is a plan to really only keep the one year deal, maybe it's not an overpay at the end of the day if it's a one year deal. But if you're talking a two year deal, yeah, it's probably an overpay. Uh, for me, um, you know, Scott Boris is his agent, so we got him a deal, and I'm not shocked that he got 20 million, even though it's an opt out after for the second year. But I'm not shocked because um, San Francisco was in need. They got an outfielder. Comforta, that's what he was looking for. I kind of knew that he was going to get like a two-year $40 million. But, um, you know, Comforta, went, nobody was going to give him that. So the Giants gave it to him. And he he went, he went well, what team gave him the most? And I wasn't shocked by the deal at all. Because the way free agency is going, everybody's getting overpaid. People that are missing the whole year or people just pitched for two months. I mean, Matthew Boyd got $10 million for pitching two months. Michael Lorenz, uh, Lorenzen got $8.5 I mean, it's just the way that Clevenger, $12 million, and he was crap. So <laughs> it's just the way the market is going. The, the Giants are paying – they gave Jock Peterson the qualifying offer, mm -hmm. and now they've just given Conforto a deal that could be one year, $20 million. That could be $40 million for one year for Jock Peterson and Michael Conforto. Yeah. How many games are those guys going to combine for this year? Because both those guys always seem to be hurt. Jock Peterson only plays against righties. Yeah. So there's that. And then Conforto, can he stay healthy? He just couldn't <laughs> stay healthy last year. That's it. It's just he had that surgery. And that, most of the time, Conforto was playing. Yeah, well, because but yeah, but normally when you come off like a big injury, normally yeah. there's a, not necessarily healthy, like will he get it, have, not that he will have a big injury, but 
can they play him every six every day for those what six months straight? They're probably gonna have to give him a few more off days than he normally would, I would think. Well, they're stacked on outfielders. I think the way they got Conforto now, Lamont Wade, uh, uh Junior, Mitch Haniger, Han Yastrzemski, Haniger, um, Conforto, Jock Peterson can play out there if needed. Uh, Austin Slater, Lamont Wade. Yeah, they have yeah. outfielders, but they like to platoon. They're very yeah. they they're very platoon heavy. So there's that as well. And one could play DH, so Jack Peterson actually could be at a DH. Yeah, that's well, that's that's I'm looking at Fangraphs, their roster resource. Yeah. Uh, right now they have Peterson slotted at DH, Haniger in right, Yastrzemski in center, and Conforto on left. Yastrzemski in center. Wow, he's gonna go from right to center. Uh, he's played center before, actually. Um, yeah, I thought Conforto was a center fielder. That's what I thought. No. Uh, Yastrzemski's played – he played 572 innings in center last year. Uh, Yastrzemski okay. looks, looks like he did solid, actually, in center. Okay. And they got Crawford and – who was their second baseman? Uh, Tyro Estrada. Okay. Crawford, Tyro Estrada. Who's the third? Uh, Wilmer Flores. Wilmer Flores. And who's their first? Um, JD Davis, JD Davis, go yeah, and they have a uh, Tommy Listella on the bench, yeah, okay. And their catcher is Joey, yeah, Joey Bart, Joey the Bart, yeah. Joey Bart. That was the <laughs> Joey. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, they're they're clogging holes here and there. Their pitching staff on bullpen's pretty good. They just signed Tyler Rogers, three year, 33, yeah. reuniting him with his brother. Which is a good bullpen. I mean, they got six, seven solidified starters. The rotation could be sneaky good. I yeah. mean, you got Logan Webb, Alex Cobb, Ross Stripling all had good years last year. If you get bounce back years from Manaya and Alex Wood, that's great. And you also have Descafani who yeah. can make starts as well. I love Camille Duvall in the back end of that bullpen. And then you got the Rogers twins in there as well. Um, no and they, they, yeah, they, they, they have a solid bullpen as well. So yeah. it's just, can they hit realistically? They're known, they're known for their bullpen and just their pitching staff. Yes, I, there's Logan Webb, which I really like. Alex Cobb stinks. I'm not going to even go there. He stinks. <laughs> Alex Wood, really? Uh, Sean Manaya, really? Uh, it's, it's good for fourth place. It's okay. It's, 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 it seems like a, a bloom move to me, like a bunch of high upside comeback, trying mm. to strike a deal for hope hope you're getting lightning in a bottle on a one-year thing hey well alex uh, cobb had a good year last year alex cobb had a 373 era last year yeah, i mean it's not great but i mean if hope if you can get him to be your you know fourth starter i mean it's not bad and yeah, you were complaining about waka this morning <laughs> yeah as a two i don't want him as a two starter Shit. Given to me as a three or four, yeah, okay, but not as a two. <laughs> All right, Barnes, you got anything on Conferto? Hey, I mean, he really popped off for the Mets, and like it really looked like he was going to be a superstar. It's like, hey, can he come back to that form? We'll just have to see. Like after the injury, we'll just have to wait and see. You know, I wish him no ill will. I'm like, hey, go out there and crush it, man. Like you got paid. Who really cares? I mean. In essence, he's really just kind of fighting to get another contract after us, essentially. So, hey, Michael Conforto, go for it, buddy, because you didn't fit in New York. So, go go crush it out there. I mean, we'll we'll see how he does. I'm rooting for him. Uh, I'm kind of glad the Yankees didn't get him because I didn't. I don't think he's going to come back this year and be awesome. And the Yankees need a guy to come in and be awesome. So, hey, good luck out there, Conforto. Yeah, the Giants have like no players that came up through their system. 
They have like from that team that they either draft or sign as an international free agent. It's literally Brandon Crawford, Joey Bart, um, Austin Slater, Logan Webb, Camille Duvall, and Tyler Rogers. That's it. All right. Uh, a little uh, under the radar move, Defoe to the Yankees. I'll let Barnes take that one away. What does it mean? Uh, it would. Wilmer Defoe signs with the Yankees like to a minor league contract. Uh, I don't think it means too too much. Uh, the reason you know we might be bringing it up now is it looks like a depth piece, and it's like, hey, uh, as of this as of this recording, the the freaking price for Brian Reynolds goes is keeps going up like every day. Like the Dow Jones, you just see it going up, 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 and it, you know they've they've said they wanted pitching and. It's like one of those things like, hey, Yankees, are you willing to part ways with one of those middle infielders like Oswald Peraza, like Anthony Volpe? Like, you know, it could be any of Glaber Torres. I'm not I'm not saying it's going to be any one of those three specifically, but it's like, hey, could one of those guys get packaged with a guy like Nestor Cortez, you know, who is a pitcher? I don't think that is the thing. I don't think that is it. Don't hear what I'm not saying, but it's like one of those things where all right, cool. You're bringing in another infield depth piece that is kind of major league ready and can play in the majors. He's not great, but he's a backup. And there's still a couple pitcher free agents like Nathan Evaldi. It's like, hey, if you get rid of Cortez, you can kind of replace him with Evaldi. So that's, you know, it, it could end up to be nothing. It could literally end up to be nothing, but it's got to get your gears going like, hey, like, oh, we're bringing another middle infielder and we've got like 30 of them. What are we doing? Kasim, do you have any like initial reactions to the Defoe piece? Like, or am I just like reading into it too much? No, the Defoe piece is just, you know, start off in the minors where he gets released. I don't see him on the ball club at all. Uh, I didn't even know who he was, to be honest with you. So I'm just I'm being honest. I don't even know who he was. Oh, he played with the Nationals. Okay, I don't remember. I like, I like the idea of you not knowing anyone because they all blow and you're like how you had how you literally had to go like yo who plays in the infield for the giants or like oh who plays second all right who plays short all right who plays third and who plays you're like i don't know any of these guys they all suck i know i know i know of them you know i remember estrada being a minor league uh system with the yankees uh but defoe is just a backup plan i mean he's just going to be on the minor league depth but as for you know the rumor barnes we're here in nestor court and I'm not saying this, you know, how bad I want Brian Reynolds, but it's not going to come at the expense of Nestor Cortez. Our our strength as Yankee fans is our pitching staff. We're not going to just minus it one pitcher that really had a very good year, surprised everybody, and I think going forward he's going to do well. It just I'm not taking away from my pitching staff, knowing that we got Cole, we got Rondon. Um, you know, Rondon's healthy right now, but there's a history with injuries. Severino's a history of injuries. You don't know if Montas is healthy. We got to see. He's our fifth starter. So I'm not going to trade Nestor. Uh, and I know Avaldi's out there. I'm trying to add Avaldi with the mix uh, to the Yankees, to their add to their pitching staff. I'm not trying to minus one just to get another. Even though I love Brian Reynolds, I'm I'm hoping. Because what they're looking at Pittsburgh from the rumor that's going on, they're looking for high-end top pitching prospects. And I don't think the Yankees don't have it from the trades for Gallo, Rizzo, uh, Benintendi, and Frankie Montas. So all of them kind of got shipped. So they don't have really the pitching depth to 
maybe make a trade with uh, Brian Reynolds because rumor has it Yankees are interested in Brian Reynolds and David uh, Bendar. Uh, Bendar. Uh, Bendar. Yeah, there we go. Uh, they're interested in both, and they're trying. But um, if it's going to be pitching depth that the Pittsburgh Pirates are looking for, besides the Yankees out of their rotation, I don't think the Yankees have it in the minor league system. So they got to be creative and figure out what can they do. But it's a high price. Am I willing to do it? Yeah, but not at the expense of Nestor Cortez or Glaber Torres. That's just me. Also, too, I will say uh, Pirates do want prospect pitching. I don't think Nestor Cortez really fits what they want anyways. Although, yes, he's a very good pitcher. Doesn't really fit the Pirates. Doesn't really fit the Pirates. Pirates are in continual rebuild because mm-hmm. they have an owner that doesn't like to spend money. So, yeah, they're just continuously in a rebuild. All right. Uh, good piece on him. All right, guys. Uh, next one. Will Myers signs with the Red for a one-year deal. Um, another under-the-radar move. Uh, my question to you guys is, well, we know the Reds aren't going to be in contention, so, you know, it's kind of like whatever. But why didn't the Padres trade him at the deadline last year? Because they're trying to win. Yeah, Padres. Injury insurance. You know, just that's kind of what it is. The, the thing with Will Myers is, like, could the Padres trade him? Yeah, but within the spot they're in, you keep him because he can play first base, he can play the outfield. So he's just he's injury insurance. He's nice to have around. And at the time, Josh Bell was DHing, um, wasn't playing first base for the Padres. So it is nice to have an extra guy who can play first base there as well. And the added plus of can be can play the outfield as well. Yeah, I think. The reason why the Padres couldn't get rid of Will Myers was his salary. See, the reason why he got let go from the Padres now is because it was a club option right away. The team declined it. So there was yeah. a salary problem why nobody wanted Will Myers uh, from the beginning. Other besides that, you want to sign with the Reds? Go be my guest. Happy. Go ahead. You're just a trade candidate come the deadline. And you'll probably hit over there. But uh, Will Myers has been on the decline for a long time. And um I think it's just the end of it. So he it got feels Tommy Famish. Ah, Tommy. Like how they how they signed how they signed Tommy Fam last year <laughs> yeah. to a one year deal with a mutual option, and then they traded him at the deadline. I feel like the same thing's going to happen. Will Myers is going to get traded at the deadline, and then the Reds will cover his buyout if it happens, and then uh, I and then someone will opt out of that mutual option, whether it's the team that gets him or Myers himself. Yeah, Tommy Fam's still out there. Um, it's just. So one year deal, we'll see what happens. They designated Mike Mostakis. Uh Mike Mostakis out there now. So yeah, just a move. That's it. How much uh, money did they spend on him? Who? On who? Will uh, Myers? The, the Red Sox or uh the Reds for uh, Will Myers. Sorry. I think it was nine million, but I can double check. So when we uh, look at that, it's like, hey, don't the Red Sox need a right-handed hitting outfielder? Ah, they need oh. a center field. They we need someone to play center field, though. That's the problem. So um, because they then they can move Kike into the infield. But is, well, Myers can't play center. Who can Verdugo play center? Can no. anyone else play center? Like for no. the team, it's literally only Hernandez. It's Kike and Rob Ref Snyder who they prefer as a fourth outfielder. Yeah, I was because I it just felt like a no brainer. I was like when I saw that Will Myers was going to like kind of like, is a free agent, he's kind of go wherever he wants. I was like, huh, it kind of makes sense for him to go to the Red Sox. So like he gives you that first base, first base depth in case Casas like 
goes down or he's floundering. You're like, all right, what do we do with this guy? If they didn't and get then, Justin Turner, it would have made sense. Yeah, it was just one of the, one of those things. I was like, I've always kind of liked Will Myers. Uh, I don't think he's anything special, but I think he's a solid baseball player. You know, he's he's like a career 254 hitter. So yeah. nothing super special, but I always thought he was a yeah. pretty decent. Right. Will My- Will Myers deal is a one year deal for it says one year deal for seven and a half million. It's realistic. It's a one year deal for six million. Uh, that has a one and a half million dollar buyout heading into twenty twenty four. He can also earn one and a half million in incentives, and if he gets traded this year, um, or next year if the option is accepted, he gets a five hundred thousand dollar pay increase. Rob Rep Snyder is your center fielder. No, he's the fourth outfielder. But if Kike were to play, if if Kike were to play middle infield right now, that's the only option they would have, unless they go with Jaron Duran. But that lineup would be way too lefty heavy to do that. I'm just shocked he's still in the league. He was good last year for he the had Red a good Sox. Year last year. Yeah, he had a good year. Well, he, he had over 300. <laughs> former Yankee prospect. All right. Um, this one just broke today, guys. Uh, Kimbrel to the Phillies on a one-year, ten million dollar deal. That is a freaking steal in my book. Mm-hmm. Dude has a career two-three-one ERA. You know what you're getting at K- Craig Kimbrell has the saves, has a track record of being a closer. Mm-hmm. Um, he kind of didn't do so well in both of the Chicago's, but Craig Kimbrell still, nonetheless, for 10 million, big deal, one year. Uh, Kasim, I'm going to go to you on this one first. Because you agreed with me that this was a steal, <laughs> it was. So I, I'm gonna go with you. I'm gonna go to you first, uh, dude. Any team, like, no matter what team you are, you're taking Kimbrel for ten million. Dombrowski's a genius. That's what I'm yeah. saying. It's reconnected again with Dombrowski. Uh, let's admit, Philly's got a nice rotation with a nice line, but they still need bullpen pieces. Kimbrel's a nice piece. Listen, Kimbrel's on a decline. I'm not gonna see him lie to you. Mm-hmm. But he's not going into the, you know, the Phillies bullpen. He's not going to be their closer. But he's a nice, reliable piece for that bullpen, uh, for that group. They got a lot of young guys. They lost a lot of guys through the bullpen. But getting Kimbrough just on $10 million and to add value to that boat for the Phillies bullpen, which is sometimes is a disaster. Uh, but getting him, honestly, I like it. And it's, just, it's a, it, it's a fill-in need. For the for the Phillies and Dabrowski's smart. He got he's uh, familiar with uh, Craig Kimbrell, and I like the deal. I like it a lot. I, I do, yeah, I I do too. Uh, Barnes, you were kind of shaking my head, your head in agreement, also, which I think it looked like. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think it's a I think it's a good move. I don't think it's a a great move. I don't think it's a you know just an average move. I think it's a good move. I think it's somewhere in between there. You know, you're just adding another arm. You're adding a ton of experience. And I don't think he's going to, he won't be the closer. You know, that's uh, Jose Alvarado, correct? Alvarado. Uh, Sir, Sir Anthony Dominguez. Oh, Dominguez. Dominguez. And then Alvarado is like, what, the setup man? Uh, yeah, the lefty setup man. Yeah, lefty, exactly. Yeah. So then you got Kimbrell who can come in in the seventh. Or, hey, you know, we got to shuffle things around. You're going to, Kimbrell, you're going to pitch the eighth. And we're going to pitch Alvarado in the seventh. Just, it just, you know, we've seen it with a lot of these elite teams that are, you know, the Phillies were just shy of winning the whole thing. You know, the, let's not act like they weren't there, you know. So, hey, adding another guy with a ton of experience who's been to the show before, it's like, hey, 
help guide these guys along. Coming in the clutch, like like Cassim said, he's he's his his better years are way behind him, but he still knows how to navigate a you know a one inning stretch. So is there an issue there? Because we kind of saw when he was with the White Sox last year, um, or two years ago, whatever it was. Twenty twenty one. He was the setup to Liam Hendricks, right? And didn't work out. And yeah, being a setup guy and not being the closer probably messed with his head a little bit, right? So is there yeah. something there, Derek? I, I I don't know if there is, but historically in his career, a miss ERA in the eighth inning compared to the ninth inning is is over one point higher. He has a two seventeen career ERA in the ninth inning, three twenty three in the eighth, and I know three twenty three isn't that high, um, but also too this is also considering way back earlier in his career as well when he was like elite elite closer. Um, but the fact that his ERA is just one point higher in general is a little worrisome. Did have that struggle, some stretch with the White Sox, trying, being a setup man to uh, Liam Hendricks. If they use him as a closer, like the Dodgers did last year until he kind of fatigued a little bit at the end of the year, then I think it's a solid move. I, it's not great, like Barnes said, but it's good. Um, but if they don't use him as a closer, I'm worried for for the Phillies yeah. in this move. Same. Uh, I'm with you. I mean, they could use him as a closer, and, and Dominguez in the eighth inning, and then yeah. Alvarado. Because last last postseason it was Eflin in the ninth, Dominguez in the eighth, or well, Dominguez was whatever inning Alvarado didn't pitch. So Alvarado had the lefties, whether it was the seventh or the eighth, and then Dominguez pitched to the righties. I mean, those those stats are correct with uh, Kimbrough regards to him closing to him setting up. It's like it's like Doug, you run two miles. Then I tell you, okay, start running for me. It's gonna take a while for you to adjust. You know, it's oh, gonna not get, me. Yeah. I'm 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 a good runner. No, no, no. I'm just saying. I'm just giving an example. <laughs> like, I'm Kimbrough, Kimbrough <laughs> to me, he could get the closer job, and maybe, and maybe that's what Dombrowski sees. Maybe if he just gives him the full time closer position, yeah, uh, he could succeed in it. So I mean, that's a lot of guys. Yeah. There's a lot of guys that go from the closer role to setup role. It doesn't work out. There's, there's. I mean, Dombrowski. When Dombrowski got him in Boston, mm-hmm. he was a closer, and Kimbrel had a good stint in Boston. He did, um, except he That's got into trouble when they would bring him in in the eighth inning and try to try to throw him out there for more than a three out save. It just didn't work, right? Yeah. And they kept on trying it, and it, it made me want to rip my hair out. Yeah. The uh, only thing too with Kimbrel is I would be a little worried too, also. Like I said, a little bit arm fatigue. 2018, you saw it late in the year. You got worn down a little bit, tired out a little bit, struggled later in the year, especially into the playoffs. Um, and we've seen it. Uh, we saw it last year with the Dodgers. So it's just something to kind of keep in the back of your head. It's not a thing like saying, oh, look, Kimbrel, arm fatigue, pay attention. It's just one of those things like that could be a factor down the stretch as well. Whenever I, when I saw the move, it reminded me of the meme from SpongeBob with the Wait, his arms are sticking out, and he's got the the little open case where the old reliable uh, fishing net is for the mm-hmm. jellyfish, and it was just like Craig Kimbrell, Dave Dombrowski, like, and it you know it makes sense. I wonder if that's literally like, hey, you know, I wonder if he was like, you know what, I got an idea, I'm gonna bring in this secret weapon. <laughs> oh, Trey Turner? No, 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 Kimbrell, that's the guy. Dude, the Phillies were a couple games from winning the World Series last year. And they've just gotten better. Like that's still going to be no, a tough division, though, to get out. You don't want to like, go on. You don't want to be the one of the, the two of the three. You don't want to be the two teams from that division to that have to go play in the wild card round. Right. You better hope you win that division. 
All right. You don't so, want you don't want to be the uh, the Mets from last year. All right. So I'm gonna call call your shot now, right now on the spot. You have no idea what I'm about to ask. There are ten teams in the East of baseball. How many find the playoffs next year? Either so you're gonna have two winners, right? And then you have eight more teams for 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 six wild card spots. Right? Am I right there? Yeah. So maximum of eight, minimum of two. Yes. Um, Red Sox, uh, Yankees, Toronto, Tampa, Orioles, and then you got Mets, Phillies, Braves. Throw throw out the Marlins and the. uh, And you could probably throw out the Marlins and the Nationals. Marlins and the Nationals. They're not going to be there, right? So you really have. So your maximum answer is going to be seven because you're I'm not t- going to get more than three from the NL. I'm well, taking no. five. Minus two, di- minus two division winners, that gives you six. Here we go. I've got five. Oh. I'm calling five. Yeah, who's the, who's the one out? Is it the Red Sox or the Orioles? <laughs> no, but I'm saying combined East. I've got yeah. – yeah. the, who's the I've, one not making it? I've got the Yankees. I've got the Rays. <laughs> Braves, Mets, Phillies. No Orioles, no Sox, no Blue Jays. That's five. That's not six. That's five. That's what I said. I said yeah, five. That, that oh, I thought you said six. Oh, right. No, I said I said five. Uh, Doug said yeah. six. I'm saying five. Oh, okay. Is anyone is wait, anyone who, taking more? You, wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. Because there's a division winner. So yeah, two division winners plus the wild cards from the East. So, so who'd you have? You said Yankees I, win the division. I'm I'm taking the Yankees win the AL East. Okay. And then I'm, take, I'm saying the Rays get a wild card spot. Yeah. No one else from the AL. Then okay. it's then I'm saying I don't know who's gonna win the division, but if I had to call it right now, I'm gonna I'm gonna call out the Phillies win the division and then Holy the Braves and the shit. Mets. Really? Yeah. So Braves and Mets, you only have three wild card teams coming out of the East. Yes, combined. All Five right. total playoffs, three okay. wild card teams. All right, Derek. I don't know. <laughs> I'm putting you, you on the spot. My, uh, I'm putting you on the spot. You gotta give on. me an answer here. I can yeah, give you I all know. my playoff teams well, right now. Uh, all right, skip Derek. If, go to Castle. Yeah, go to Castle real quick. I'll give you all of it. I'm talking about not just the East Coast. I'll, I'll give all you right. whatever. So, I'll write this down. Let's I'll go. be honest. Yeah, write it down. That's what we do. NL East division winner would be the Atlanta Braves. St. Louis Cardinals NL Central will be the division winner. You got the Dodgers in the NL West. They're gonna win the NL West. Put it this way: the National League will be the same thing like last year. Okay. You got the Padres, you got the the what's it called the uh, the New York Mets and the Philadelphia Phillies. This is your uh, this is your what's it called your wild card teams. Brewers will be on the outside looking in. They're gonna have a good team, but they're gonna be on the outside looking in. Okay. No. Sure. AL. Yep. What's your American League? Okay, American League: Yankees, AL East. Cleveland Indians, AL uh, uh, AL Central, Houston uh-huh. Astros, AL West, uh-huh. Wild Cards, the Seattle Mariners, the Toronto Blue Jays, uh-huh. and the Tampa Bay Rays. Okay, so you also you have four Wild Card teams coming from the East. Mm-hmm. Okay, that should do it, right? Uh, yeah, looks good. Okay. That's what I got. All right, so Barnes had three, right? Who was yours again, Barnes? 
the wild card teams would be uh, Tampa, Atlanta, and New York Mets. Rays and Mets and Braves. Braves, Mets, Rays. Okay. You really think the the Rays are better than the Blue Jays? Uh, I think they just find a way. I think Toronto is going to pull a Toronto and trip themselves up. Oh man, that team is good. They're good. Uh, Yeah, they're good until they're not. All right. Well, we'll talk about them in a second after we get Derek's takes. No problem. I'm going to go with four. Okay. I'm going to take in the the AL East, I'm taking the Yankees in Tampa. As as wildcard teams or one of them? One of them has to win a division. Okay. Um, and then in the NL East, I'm taking the Braves and one of the Phillies or the Mets. As of right now, I'm going to go Mets j- just off like random. They're first okay. in the alphabet, so I'll go with the Mets. Um, I think the AL West might be a very good division this year. I think they might sneak up on some people. Because saying two total wild card teams. So only the... two wild card teams out of the yeah. out of the east. All right. Yeah. So you're at two. Wow. Okay. I'm at three. I think the Passes Brewers are going to be better than people think. Derek has because of their two. Pitching. Barnes has three. I think the Mariners are still going to be good. Houston's still going to win that division. All right. So uh, I I moving forward. <sighs> Shit, man. I I want to say I want to say th- three from each side come from. No, I can't because you can't. No, I can't. Fuck. There's no I'll, way. There's I'll go no with way. five. I'll go with five then. I'll I'll take. Uh, well, why I not three? If you believe in it, there is three three teams. That actually no, because out. it can't. I mean, all six can't come out of it because the Nationals and the Marlins are not taking a wild card spot. No, I know that. So so realistically, five is the most. So I'll go with five. So three from the AL East. So there's four four playoff teams from the AL East. And two and three playoff teams from the NL East. Mm-hmm. So Phillies, Mets, and the Braves. Yeah, Braves. So two of them get in, and then you have the Rays, the Blue Jays, and the Orioles. Oh Lord! Orioles are gonna take that last one. Red Sox are gonna fall out of it again. You don't got the Yankees making the playoffs. Yeah, I have. Yeah, the Yankees will probably win the division. Okay. The, got... the original, just so for clarification, the original question was how many of the teams will be wild card teams, not mm-hmm. playoff teams. Yeah. So yeah. That's why Doug I, got, is... I, I got two. That's right, why Doug so is saying Derek five. is two. Barnes is three. Kasim is four. I'll t- I won't. I don't. I'm just taking what nobody else took, and I'll go with five. Let's just, ride the train. Hoot, hoot. <laughs> just because nobody else took five. Just so I'm not, you know, piggybacking off of what I doing. wanted to say one so badly. I really wanted to, but I could not find a way to only say one. All right. So maybe we'll put this into a tweet, throw it up and see what, see what everyone thinks. All right. Last thing before we move on to the holiday special. Uh, I think this is a bigger trade than the Sean Murphy one because who gives a shit what the A's got in return? Like they're irrelevant. They got fleeced. They got uh, fleeced. They, they, yeah, they got fleeced. I think this trade benefits both teams equally. Like, like I think this is one of those trades that you can say right now is pretty damn even. 
it's like it's it's not completely one-sided it's not one team getting a superstar and another team just getting prospects who know they're not going to contend it like like the Juan Soto trade right where the Padres get the guy and the Nationals get the rebuild guys um so uh I'm going to send this one to Derek to tell us about the Dalton Var show to Toronto in exchange for uh the catcher Moreno and Gurriel Jr. Take so, it. I, I love this trade. I love it because it shows kind of where two teams kind of are, where they're thinking, right? Because you can really see it because the Blue Jays have been saying, we've been hearing they want a left-handed outfielder and they traded away Ty Oscar Hernandez to, you know, open up a spot in that outfield. And it's like, well, they want a left-handed out- hitting outfield. Everyone was on Brian Reynolds, Brian Reynolds. They were interested in Cody Bellinger. It was going to happen at some point, and the whole offseason we've been hearing, catcher, they're trading a catcher, they're trading a catcher, they have a surplus of catchers. From the D-back side of things, it's been surplus of left-handed, left-handed hitting outfielders. We have Corbin Carroll, Alex Thomas, um, Dalton Varshow, and Jake McCarthy. That's four left-handed hitting outfielders. There's only three outfield spots. Obviously, you could DH one of them, but and I know Varshow can catch. Uh, but he's stellar defensively in the outfield. I don't know why. You, I think you want to play him in the outfield every day. Um, and the D-backs also, too, could use very much use a catcher. Carson Kelly hasn't really panned out for them. Um, he's serviceable, but Gabriel Moreno has that potential to be elite at the catcher spot. And they've been – they need a right-handed bat in that lineup. Um, and they, that's, they, that, they got Jordan Luplo last year from the Rays. That's what they were trying to do bring in the right-handed bat who can bring in some power. Um, you look at their lineup and their only right-handed hitter was their only right-handed hitters was Christian Walker, Carson Kelly, who's the catcher and Nick Ahmed and Nick Ahmed. Will he play shortstop? They do have a Geraldo Perdomo also too. Kyle Lewis is still there. Um, they brought in Kyle Lewis as another right-handed bat. I don't know where this all pieces together, I know some people are saying Guriel can play middle infield, but I don't think he can play short. I don't think Marte can play short anymore. Josh Ross can play second base and third. Don't think he can play short. Um, so they got to stick Ahmed or Perdomo there. So that's one hole they have. But this team, it's two teams trading out of surplus um, and filling their needs. And it does that. I thought the D-backs maybe could have gotten a little bit more, uh, maybe throwing an extra, you know, prospect in there maybe nothing crazy but i think they could have gotten a little bit more but overall um it fit the needs for both teams so there's no reason why it shouldn't have been done yeah uh so wait uh carson kelly use their everyday shorts uh catcher He's a catcher and yeah. moreno's they're gonna be the cat a catcher now so how's yeah. that gonna work out um but- i it'll probably be a position battle in spring training okay so maybe I- maybe there's another trade brewing no, because they don't really have a backup catcher. Um, they don't have like another guy. To yeah, but you're gonna to have catch. two prospects as, as you know. No, Carson Kelly's not a prospect. He's he was part of. I'm pretty sure he was part of the. Uh, he was part of the um, crap. The Goldschmidt trade. Yeah, he's part of the Goldschmidt trade. He's not a prospect. He's he's 28. He's not a prospect. He's been there, he's but, been there for a bit. But what I'm okay. saying right. is, he hasn't. He was like one of the bigger pieces of that deal and hasn't okay. fully panned out. He's solid. He's like a decent everyday catcher, but he's not. You're getting an upgrade in Gabriel Moreno, realistically. Okay. That's what I meant by it. I think I think the Dimebacks won this trade, to be honest with you. I think they fleeced the Toronto Blue Jays. 
Gabriel Moreno, I didn't even know he'd be traded. I know Toronto felt highly for him. They, I thought he'd be in there as a starting catcher. I really did. But uh, Toronto got an outfielder, uh, Lourdes, uh, Gurriel Jr. I don't know. It just The Diamondbacks are full of outfielders. And Edin Gurriel, maybe he plays. I don't know what he's going to play. Man, I wish we could trade for him. Oh, to be this is you. the I... guy that's a backup catcher too, right? Yeah, he, he yeah. Varshow can catch, but he, oh, yeah. he won't catch in Toronto. Yeah. No, he won't catch in Toronto. He's, He's ridiculous yeah. defensively. They got yeah, Alonso. I'm looking at his stats, right? Sorry to cut you off. No, no, you're right. You're I'm just right. gonna run these through. He had a, a baseball reference 4.9 WAR, 531 at bats, 125 hits, 27 home runs, 235 batting average, 79 runs, 74 RBIs, 16. Stolen bases, 302 on base, 443 slugging, 749 OPS, 109 OPS plus. The big um, thing is his defense. His defense yeah. is off the charts. Um, I'll, I'll give the defense stats. I don't know not all everyone cares for them, but uh, in right field last year in 541 innings, 14 defensive runs saved, 14.8 UZR, 10 outs above average. And in center field uh, in 378 innings, five defensive runs saved, a four UZR, and eight outs above average so all like right. elite defensively in okay that field. so that's where he makes up all that all those war stats from uh all right go sorry to uh go back to cast because i cut you no, off you're, right. you're okay uh just uh, um it's a good trade by both like Derek was saying uh both teams needed something uh gabriel moreno i love it for the diamondbacks you know about gabriel getting him I really, I think the Diamondbacks got the better deal. I know the Toronto Blue Jays got by. I mean, you're going to move Springer to right. You got, uh, okay, who, what's the guy's name again uh, for the Diamondbacks? Uh, the who? one that uh, Toronto got. Varsho. Toronto, Dalton Varsho. I think Varsho goes to right and Springer yeah. goes to left. No, Varsho. Because they have Kiermaier in center. Yeah, but then that's what I was saying. You let Guriel go, but you got Kiermaier in center. Uh, I know he's defensively is very good, but he's he's old, his injuries. Gary L. Now I think I know why Toronto traded Gary L. Um, he's gonna be seeing free agency, I think, a year from now. Uh just like they traded Teoscar Hernandez. He's he's gonna be going through free agency. So they had to get somebody with control, which which is sense, which uh makes uh perfect sense. But um I think the Diamondbacks are, they should be in position now. They got some good infielders, they got some uh surplus outfielders. Uh, it's an okay minor league system. I'm not gonna say it's everything, but they do need pitching. So maybe they could, maybe they could uh, use some of these pieces that they got, Guriel Jr. or some of these outfielders that they got, and try to get a pitcher or something because they really need it. After Zach Golden and uh, what do they got? Mad Bum. They have Zach Gallon and Merrill Kelly. Bumgarner yeah, Kelly. was awful last yeah, year. Yeah, but I'm, he... I'm not. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. besides Bumgarner and the rest of the guys they got. Yeah, they, they have uh, right now hit. slated in their rotation. They have uh, Ryan Nelson and Drew Jameson, who have a combined like third, like a combined forty innings in the big leagues. Yeah, they're pitching. It's not really like wow, you know. They need some pitching help. I like their bullpen, but I like their offense. It's a lot of young guys. I love, I'm a big fan of Kento Marte. I'm a big fan of them. Uh, I know Nick Ahmed's going to be the shortstop, but um, overall. Um, they got a nice team, and they're still interested in Evan Longoria, so we'll see how that goes. All right, Barnes, you got anything? No, overall not. I mean, every everything I was kind of thinking was kind of said, like, I was like, hey, I think Guriel could play 
middle infield, maybe even fill in at sh- shortstop or second base. Or, you know, I, I was just like, hey, you know, you can just move some pieces around. I think, like you said at the beginning of it, the trade seems very fair. Both to, both sides are benefiting from it. It's not like, oh, yeah. one is clearly the winner, one's clearly the loser. I, I like seeing trades like this where both teams get better. So, hey, hats off to both clubs. They worked out a deal where they're both getting better. All right. That's going to cut it for me. We went a little long, but I'm going to send it over to Barnier for his part. Sorry, Barnes. I know I went long. Thought of that whole wild card prediction thing. My bad. Uh, <laughs> we'll let you roll with it, and uh, you can control it and take it where you want. Hey, hey no worries. <laughs> Hopefully you're listening and you made it this far. Now you're getting to the Christmas special, and I'm saying it's the Christmas special because that's what I celebrate, and I don't want to be – uh, completely ignorant as to you know speaking on other holidays and stuff like that. Um, so we I came up with a couple things and it's uh, the guys are semi aware of what they are. Some of them are some of them aren't aware and that's okay. Um, but you know we're in the holiday season and you know obviously I, I was thinking of holiday things. I was like, hey, like who was the biggest Santa Claus this year in 2022, whether it be over at any point in the season or is it specifically right now, whatever is on the guy's minds, like who's the biggest Santa Claus, a person or a team that brought presence to their fan base. Oh, that's um, easy. So Cassim, I'll, so I'll, go, I'll go in order. I'll go Cassim, Doug, Derek, you each get like 30 seconds to a minute to kind of just say it and then elaborate on it a little bit. Oh, the Santa Claus for this year is the New York Mets, man. Steve Cohen. He brought him all the goodies. Wow. He got Carlos Correa. He got Justin Verlander. Hey, he's my Santa for this year. <laughs> all right. Not where, definitely not where I thought you were going to go. I, I think this is where Barnes was going to go. I'm going to go with Aaron Judge. And 63 presents. Was it 63? What was it? How many 62. home runs? 62. Six, 62 presents to the outfield, baby. <laughs> 62 presents to New York fans. Let's go. Good job, Aaron Judge, winning MVP. Cassim, what the hell, man? <laughs> yeah, why not? Your boy. <laughs> why, why not? But I got to go with the guy that made the most moves. Okay. Uh, Derek, you're Santa Claus. All right, I got a different answer than I think everyone here. I wanted to pick the team this guy played for. But I think just the moment that this guy was in was big enough to warrant just this player being in the Santa of the season. Cal Raleigh hitting that walk-off home run to send the Mariners to the playoffs for the first time in over 20 years. Yeah. It that, fit perfectly. Fit perfectly. That's, that's a really good one. I didn't even yeah, think I, of that. I like that. I, I like that dude since, you know, this year. I, I, you know, The big dumper. Watch. And then uh, my Santa Claus was actually the New York Yankees. Uh, I like as a whole, as an organization, uh, I really think that they brought the goodies this year. Like, hey, like obviously the the season didn't end the way they wanted, and we were all like, uh, Judge is gone, and they found a way to bring back Rizzo. Judge, they bring in Rodon. They're really trying to show the Yankee fan base, like, hey, we're going for it. We're bringing in the goodies. You guys have been naughty. You guys haven't been naughty. You've been nice. So let's bring in the presents. Um, so to kind of piggyback off of the Santa, I want to go like, who was the Grinch this year? Who was a person or a team that stole everything from their fans or from other teams? So I'll go, I'll just chunk it down in the lineups. I'll go Doug, Derek, me, then Cassim, you'll wrap it up. 
So, Doug, who was your Grinch this year? And I have a feeling I know where you're going with this. <laughs> uh, Jake Diekman. <laughs> I concede the rest of my time. <laughs> Derek? Um, all right, I'm going with one. Robert Nutting. If you don't know who that is, he's the owner of would. the Pittsburgh Pirates. <laughs> he's the owner of the Pittsburgh Pirates. The fact that that team, the fact that they don't even try to put together a team. I hate Pittsburgh. I hate Pitt, other Pittsburgh sports teams. I don't like their fans because, you know, but I respect them. I respect them as fans. I think they're great fans. They don't deserve to have a baseball team that literally doesn't try to win. So, Robert Nutting, you are the Grinch. You just wanted to say Nutting. No, I didn't. I That was my legitimate answer. <laughs> you little sicko. Uh, so, my Grinch was actually kind of – was actually uh, Kasim Santa. I'm saying Steve Cohen because he's stealing all the presents from everyone else. Like, he's Depends going around. How you look at he's it, like, yeah. hey, he's like, hey, you, want, you wanted that? I'm taking it. So, I think he's <laughs> Grinch in the league, and I love that. Kasim, you're Grinch. Now I'm Grinch. Now I'm going to agree with the opposite with Doug. He said Aaron Judd. Well, I'm going to go Grinch. I'm going to say Hal Steinbrenner. How? Oh. He, he stole Aaron Judge from the Giants, even though he was playing with the Yankees, but he stole yeah. him there. And we stole Carlos Rondon. So he's yeah. my Grinch. <laughs> Hell yeah. Tell me it doesn't make sense. Hell yeah. Jake Diekman stole all my joy of watching I had to see him pitch in person. <laughs> he threw more balls than he threw strikes. It was the, uh, and it was like the eighth inning. The Red Sox were losing three to nothing, and I was just like, "Lord help me!" You got to bring in Deekman. Oh man! So uh, you know, the next thing that happens is uh, we have the winter solstice, which is the shortest day of the year. Uh, I wanted to say, like, what player or team had like the shortest time in the spotlight? So now we'll start with Derek, uh, then we'll go me, Kasim, and then Doug, you'll wrap it up. Uh, this is a fun moment in the middle of the season where the Red Sox, who knows, may, there may be some more positive thoughts about the Red Sox around this time. The winter solstice of the season is Jeter Downs. That was a fun week or so. At, uh, at the walk-off hit against the Yankees. Hit his first home run career, his first home run against Garrett Cole at Yankee Stadium. That was a fun, fun week, especially too with how all the struggles he had in the minor leagues. It was nice to see him find some success in the big leagues, although it ended up not working out. Um, but yeah, congrats to Jeter Downs on his first big home run way back then against Garrett Cole, and he is the winner solstice uh, of the season. So uh, where I went with, I actually have another Red Sox player. Uh, my winter solstice <laughs> is Chris Sale. Oh. <laughs> it's Chris Sale, who threw five and two-thirds innings in 2022. God. He told for 102 pitches. Oh so, Chris Sale, you are the winter solstice. You you threw five and two-thirds innings. Uh, you're my winter solstice. Have fun with the Taco Bell. Cassim, uh, <laughs> you're up. And then Doug. Well, actually, mine is Carlos Correa. Signing with the Giants, and it was only short, his short time in the spotlight. And then the deal broke. So he's my winter solstice. All right. I'm going to put it makes different... sense, don't it? Yeah. Yeah. I think it, I think that was actually on the official winter solstice. So it even makes more sense. So, Cassim, <laughs> you get a, you get an extra ornament, <laughs> you get a gift. 
so you intended this to be a, a kind of a negative thing, right? Uh, it could be positive or negative. It's right. for better or for worse. Because I could see a, a for better thing that was also kind of for worse. All right. The Orioles won 13 straight. They hadn't won 10 games in a row forever, right? And nobody gave a shit. <laughs> the Orioles were the most improved, come from out of freaking nowhere team this year, and nobody gave a damn. So – uh, what's up, Derek? Before we call can I give an honorable week? mention to that D backs that mini winning streak they had in like September, was the beginning 13? of September? Was it 13? Was it like no, it wasn't. That was like Shush. they won like seven out of eight, including like a five game winning streak. That was fun. That was 13, fun for me. 13 in a row by the Orioles. They were they only won four less games than the National League team that went to the World Series. So I've actually got the Orioles in a in another category, and okay. I think you'll you'll uh, yeah like it there. Probably uh, the next one, right? <laughs> uh, actually, one I just thought of on the spot too was uh, you know ornaments. We're hanging them up on the trees. They're shiny. They all represent something kind of cool. Uh, and for ornaments, I wanted to be like, who was your kind of like rookie standout of the year that wasn't the obvious ones? It wasn't Julio. It wasn't Ali Rushman. It wasn't Strider, and it wasn't like Michael Harris. Like. Who was kind of like your rookie of the year that you really love for whatever reason? Um, I'll go Tassim, Doug, then Derek. Uh, and my rookie uh, of the year, my my little rookie ornament, who I'm really looking forward to seeing pitch for a long time, is Minnesota Twins' Joe Ryan. I think that guy crushed it this year. I mean, you know, pitchers get no love. And, I, you know, Spencer Strider was ridiculous this year. So it completely overshadowed Joe Ryan. But. He had a phenomenal year. He had uh, 147 innings with 151 strikeouts. So shout out to Joe Ryan. Actually, my my guy was um, I know besides the top ones, but my, actually my guy was Bobby Witt Jr. from the Kansas City Royals. That guy was exciting to watch. I would say Pena, but it's obvious. I but I'm I'm gonna I picked Bobby Witt Jr. from the beginning of the year when Rookie of the Year. It didn't happen, but Bobby Witt I was really excited about. Uh, I was going to go with Bobby Witt also, so I'll change mine uh, to a guy we already mentioned this year, Cal uh, Raleigh. I think Derek. he had a huge impact in Seattle. I know, obviously, J-Rod did, so he kind of got overshadowed by J-Rod a little bit. But I'm going to go a little bit off the board, definitely off the board. Um, this guy, 63 innings pitch, 63 and two-thirds innings pitch last year. He had 10 saves. Um, 184 ERA out of the Cincinnati Reds bullpen. I'm going with Alexis Diaz, the yeah. younger brother of Edwin Diaz. Nice. <laughs> so uh, this next category is called the ugly sweater. And ugly sweaters are around the holiday times are all just kind of like stupid. And like we hate, like you literally only wear them for one thing and no one really cares about them. They become parties. Uh, like what was a player or a team that like no one gave a damn about? And then we all rallied behind. Uh, so we'll go cast some Doug, Derek, then me. Wow, that's easy. Uh, that's got to be the Baltimore Orioles. Come on. <laughs> no, I'm being honest. Nobody cared about them. Everybody thought they're going to be last place. And then we rallied around them, and we loved what we saw. So that was my thing. That's my team, the Baltimore Orioles. Listen, y'all only rallied around them because I made you all rally around them. <laughs> yeah, obviously my pick, too. Uh, is the Baltimore Orioles. It was just like going to Camden was a different atmosphere this year. Uh, it was great. 
Uh, I'm going to go. Uh, we're going to go say I'm, I've kind of gone with this a little bit. I've hinted at it earlier. I'm taking the Seattle Mariners just because their start to the season wasn't good and everyone kind of forgot about them because the Angels had such a good start to the season. Everyone's like, oh, it's going to be the Angels and not the Mariners that might challenge for a wild card. And then the Mariners put their foot on the gas pedal and then they get to the trade that they bring in Luis Castillo and it was just all aboard the train, get the Mariners into the playoffs and for them to get into the playoffs, just it, it, it was it was such a special run. And you would I don't I wouldn't I don't think most people would have cared if they got swept by the Blue Jays in the wild card round. The fact that they made it to the playoffs after 20 years, uh, I think 21 years. Yeah, it's just special was, in itself. Reset that clock. That was my team, man. I uh, I can't believe that slipped my mind. So uh, for me in my ugly sweater, obviously I had the uh, Orioles as well, but my second place for the ugly sweater that wasn't mentioned was ac- is actually the team that lost the World Series. It's the Phillies because it go. came to the postseason and we were kind of doing our Twitter spaces, you and Dude. me, Doug, and every time we're like, yo, what do we think? And I'm like, the Phillies will get crushed. Next round, uh, the Phillies will get crushed. Uh, the Phillies will get crushed. There's no way. And then they just kept I'm like, and then next thing you know, I'm like, in the World Series, I'm like, yo, I'm rooting for the Phillies. Like, let's yeah. go. Like, holy <laughs> cow, like, that was freaking cool. So they were, and I I don't even really like the Phillies. That's why they're literally the ugly sweater to me. I'm like, I freaking hate them. So so, so if you all remember, nobody gave him, a, all of us across the board, right? We all, nobody had him getting, beating the Cardinals, right? And then I think, again, we, nobody had him beating the Braves. And then... I was like, I'm just going against the grain. And then I picked them to win against the Padres. Yeah. And, you know, I picked them to win the World Series too, but, you know. Uh, so we're getting close to the end. Uh, but who was the star on top of the Christmas tree this year? Uh, so we'll go Doug, Derek, me, and then Kasim. Uh me <laughs> i'm the star you're allowed to say you were the, you are the host with the most you're allowed to say that i'm the star because i'm the host with the most <laughs> Derek, the star on top um, of the tree i wanted to go Shohei otani just because i think every year he probably deserve it i'm gonna go with jeremy pena though alcs mvp yeah. world series mvp the guy stepped up when the lights were at their brightest and is one of the main reasons the Astros won a World Series. I mean, they put him in between Jose Altuve and Jordan Alvarez in that lineup, and he performed. And Carlos Correa, who I guess, I mean, the Astros weren't that worried when he left, and now we know why. Yeah, my uh, my star on top of the tree is Doug Santa Claus, Aaron Judge. You know, everyone in New York, I think everyone across MLB really kind of wanted to see Aaron Judge reset the record as like the American league home run leader. And like, that was really cool. I, it felt like the whole season, you know, at a certain point it became like, all right, is Aaron judge going to do it? When is he going to do it? This is freaking awesome. So, and uh, it's my nomination. So Aaron judge, you're my star on top of my Christmas tree. Kasim. Aaron judge. He's my star, man. History in the making. Had an awesome phenomenal year, bet on himself and he got paid. But he was a star of MLB this year. Hell yeah. So I'm I'm gonna change mine because I'm gonna change mine and give you an actual answer to Albert Pujols. Yeah, that's a good one. Final season, 
That's a good one. You know, he was a first ballot Hall of Famer before this season, right? Kind of fell off a little bit the last couple of years. Comes back, has an insane finish to the year, nails 700, and just, like, played his way into playing time with, you know, for the car, uh, for the Cardinals who just – it, you know, before the season and even during the first half, just thought hey, he'll play sometime, you know, uh, reminds me of David Ortiz in his final season, killed it. Just like what a just good final way to go out. Yeah. But best part about Albert Pujols, he did better this year than he did the last five years of the <laughs> Yeah, That's the honest truth. Yeah. Shout out to Albert. Albert. Yeah. I love Albert. So it is uh, December 23rd, which if you watch Seinfeld, Today is Festivus. Uh, Festivus. So today for Festivus, we have two Festivus categories. Um, the first one is going to be the feats of strength from uh, the Festivus episode. So if you're listening, we're here. We're Bleacher Brawls. Uh, it's who do you think had the best brawl this year on the podcast? You know, uh, just to give insight, there was the Renfro brawl that like just came out. The most recent one that was Luke and Doug. Uh, Luke, I think, is in all of almost all of these. Uh, the Judge and, and Otani MVP, Luke and John. The Yanks and Sox pitching rotations, Luke and John. The Jeter versus Ortiz, who's the more clutch hitter, Luke and John. And then is the Red Sox window closing or opening? Uh, and that was Derek versus Joey. Um, Derek, you're up first. You want the cliche answer? Because the cliche answer is the next one. The next brawl will be the best one. Stop. <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> or the cliche answer is the last one. So the Hunter Renfro one. So go watch that one. Um, so I, I'll go whichever answer, one of those, whatever, whichever one of those two answers you want to take, you can take it. Which uh, right. Renfro was the best one? Well, it was the, it's either the next one or the last one. Well, who do so, you think won the Renfro one? <laughs> I don't think won that one. <laughs> Neither. <laughs> so my favorite, my my favorite brawl of the year was the Luke and John brawling over Judge and Otani for the MVP, where I made the famous sound clip of Luke admitting that Judge was the MVP. <laughs> so shout out to that. <laughs> Uh, Kasim, I know you're relatively new to the crew, so you may have actually missed some of these brawls, but all of them. You loved all of them. I missed all of them, so I don't know. Oh, you missed all of them. All right, uh, Doug, your favorite brawl of the year? What the one I won? Duh. Oh my man! <laughs> that and that's why you're the star on top of the Christmas tree. Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> uh, and then the the last uh, Festivus uh, category is the airing of grievances. Now you're going to get a little bit longer. You're going to get to complain about your favorite team, so Yankees or Red Sox. You get to complain about something that you're and no one gets to chime in. You get 1 minute. Kasim, we're going to start with you. Then we'll go Doug, Derek, and then me. Go ahead, Derek. Uh are we doing eggnog or not? No eggnog. I hate Dang. eggnog. Complain. We can do eggnog, sure. We can do it last. What's what's eggnog? Go ahead, Steve. You want to start? Keep me the last one. I'll figure out what I'm going to complain about. <laughs> I don't know what uh, Doug, you you kick it off with Derek, yeah. me, and then Cassim. 
All right. I only need the Red Sox guys and then the Yankee guys. I only need a couple seconds. So (laughs) sorry, guys. Uh, Fire, fire bloom, man. Get get the fuck out of Boston, dude. Suck. You're horrible. You're ruining this team. You're ruining the fan base. Everyone hates you. The only, the only people who don't hate you are (laughs) losers. (laughs) I'm good. (laughs) All right, Derek. Your airing of the grievances. All right. This is not to high blue. This is just to the Red Sox in general. Pick a lane. We saw it last year with Xander Bogarts. He didn't pick a lane. He did not pick a lane, and it didn't work out. He ended up leaving free agency. Pick a lane with Rafael Devers. Either extend him, give him your best offer this offseason. If he doesn't take it, that's on him. You either extend him now or you trade him. None of this, well, we, we, we kind of want to contend, so we don't want to trade him. Um, so we're going to wait to the deadline and see, and then you just don't do anything. At the de- Pick a lane now, either keep them and extend them long-term or trade them and get where you're going to get for them because getting something for them is better than just getting a compensation pick for them. Pick a lane, stick to it and don't, don't turn back on it. Stick to that lane uh, and go with it. I, I, I will not be upset if they extend them or trade them. Just pick a lane and go with it. And I'll ride down that lane with them. Nice. Uh, my turn. I get to air the grievances. Uh, here we go. New York Yankees, we need to gut some of the players here. I don't care how you do it. I don't care if you are literally getting a bag of balls or a hot dog for these guys. You need to get rid of Aaron Hicks. You need to get rid of Josh Donaldson. We need to find upgrades. I know Cassim is going to roast me for all of this at some point later, <laughs> and I don't even really care, but I just need to get it off my chest. And I need no one to interrupt me because I freaking hate those schlubs. They don't offer anything. They're going to go up. They're going to hit 220, and you're like, wow, I could have done that. Dare, I think the Bleacher Brawls crew here could hit 220. That's saying something. I'm not saying Donaldson's a bad third baseman. I think he's very good. But just find a replacement here for him. Aaron Hicks, get your arm back. like, Or get out. So Aaron Hicks, Josh Donaldson, get the hell out of here. Um, New York Yankees, find a replacement for him. I love you guys. Just just let's, let's get over the hump here, please. Kasim, you're up. Well, this is my complaint of the Yankees. I want an effing World Series. I haven't seen one since 2009. And yes, Barnes, I do agree with you. Please get Aaron Hicks out of here. I don't care if you bring a dead person from the ground. You could bet freaking 220. I don't care what it is. Just get him out of here. It doesn't belong here. Donaldson, I respect you. I, I, This is where I disagree with Barnes. I want Donaldson there. But please find me a left fielder. If you can't get Brian Reynolds, give me Max Kepler. I don't care. I'm not running Aaron dead ass Hicks freaking in left field. He can kiss my rear end. Oh, I'm very happy to be here in New York. Yeah, we want you out. Please get out. <laughs> I want a World Series. That's my complaint. My complaint is do what you got to do from, I haven't seen it since 2009. I know longer organizations had longer droughts. I don't care about the other organization. I care about mine. I haven't seen it since 2009. Win the World Series, damn it. I want it. Game over. Well done. I, I, did that feel good? Was that therapeutic for us? Yeah. Just getting like it. a little bit of airtime to just kind of complain about something without anyone interrupting you. Uh, that always feels good. Uh, last category for this, like this little thing. Uh, Derek brought it up because uh, I originally had it and I was like, ah, let's scrap it. Let's do it anyway. We're at the Xmas Super Special for Bleacher Brawls. Uh, the last category is the eggnog. Eggnog is a super polarizing drink. You either love it or you hate it. So I want you to try and think of something 
that you either love or hate that is general like you're the minority like hey like the most of the people love this player or love this take and you hate it or vice versa you love it and everyone else hates it if there's anything that you can really think of this this is your time so derek you'll kick it off uh i'll go second and then uh doug and then cast if you want to bring it home too keep me out of the eggnog i don't drink so i don't know nothing about it perfect <laughs> all right well uh i know a decent amount of the Bleach crew i know luke and doug complain about him a lot i love him he's right here on my wall i'm going with alex verdugo i, I love the energy he brings i feel like he's a spark plug kind of guy i still think he hasn't reached his potential yet i love him i love the energy he brings can he get down on himself sometimes yes i don't necessarily love that but when he's going and when he's, this team's going, I feel like he brings the energy that this team needs to go along with. You know, we have guys like Kike and him just having fun. And I think that's – you'd like to see that from the team. Be a little bit loose. And I think Verdugo brings that in a good way. Um, and I hope he has a very, very good 2023. Um, and I hope the Red Sox do good in 2023 as well. Um, but, yeah, I know I've seen a lot of people complain about Verdugo, but I love him. He's my favorite player on the team for a reason. So for me, all of 2022, my eggnog was IKF. Uh, it seemed like literally majority of the Yank fan base was like, this guy stinks. Like, get him out of here. Like, he was always like, he. it always felt like he was making an error every week or like just wasn't getting any hits. But I think people forget like how like actually good he was this year. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't a slub, you know. He had a really good year, you know, despite what everyone else thinks. And, you know, 261 batting average. Psst, that was higher than Josh Donaldson, who Kasim really likes. Uh, you know, he had 22 stolen bases. There's something to be said there. Like, there's a guy who like, he brings value to the team. He can play shortstop. He can play third base. You know, he can actually even play catcher in a dire need. But I like IKF. He's my eggnog. I love it. Most everyone hates it. Doug, you're up. Chris Sale. I I love Chris Sale. Uh, what he did in 2018 and 2017 as a Red Sox is yeah. insurmountable. He was the nail in the coffin for the World Series. He went 12 and 4 in 2018, only 158 innings, but still, um everyone kind of knocks him because he's hurt he hasn't been around for a while he's clogging money up sometimes like think of it this way if 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 the yankees only win one world series while aaron judge is signed over his 400 million is it a success or a failure success there you go so chris sale was a success five years ago mm-hmm. I don't, uh, so I don't drink, so I don't know nothing about eggnog, but I'll go, since I was reading it, I'll tell you the what I love and who I hate. All right. The guy that I love, I love John Carlos Stan from the Yankees. But the guy that I hate, I know everybody's going to pick on Aaron Hicks, which we already did, IKF, Donaldson. I'm going to tell you the guy that I hate and the guy that I wanted instead of him. The guy that I hate is Frankie Montas. Sonny Gray, <laughs> Sonny Gray part two. That's what I got to tell you, all right? I wanted Luis Castillo. Yankees made a mistake. It would have been a big difference against Houston if you had Luis Castillo behind Cole. Montas, yes, he did good in Oakland, just like Sonny Gray. 
but they came to New York and all of a sudden their souls were taken. They forgot how to pitch. One comes out with a shoulder injury. One is complaining. Larry Rothschild tells him, please throw the curve. Yeah, curve your way out of New York, please. That's the guy I hate. Oh, man, that is fantastic. So uh, the last thing on the list of things to do is the gift giving. Um, we're going to kind of go around and I want you to try and pick someone specifically that isn't here with us. So Joey, John, Luke or Patrick, and I want you to give them a gift. Obviously, if we're going to give uh, someone a gift on the first go around, like Cassim, we'll start with you. Then we'll go uh, Derek, Doug, and then I'll go last. So Cassim, Derek, Doug, Barnes. Uh, once someone has given a gift to someone, that person is off the board. So Cassim, you can choose any one of those guys, Joey, John, Luke, or Patrick. And I want you to give them a gift. Just say uh, something nice to them. All right. This is out to Joey. Joey, I'm going to buy you a box of sweets. Arabic sweets. <laughs> That's my gift to you. <laughs> Derek, you're up, buddy. Uh, all right. I'm going to go with John here. Um, you know, being able to do the Yankees YouTube videos, it's actually something that I have enjoyed because, you know, Red Sox fan, I talk to a lot of Red Sox fans. Outside of Bleacher Brawls, I don't talk to that many Yankees fans. And I love being able to kind of almost like reach across the aisle and see a different view on things right and because i'm viewing the yankees from the outside he's viewing them from the inside i view the red sox from the inside he's viewing it kind of from the outside so just getting a different view on things you know i, I love kind of seeing what other people think and how they see things differently or maybe they see things the same so uh doing those yankees youtube videos with john all last year and continuing throughout this winter too um has been very fun for me doug you're up buddy uh luke I and patrick I have no idea. <laughs> um, I was going to try and make some sort of joke about Patrick's age and <laughs> give him a gift of uh, many more way, years. <laughs> the way that seemed like he's not cradle robbing Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should edit this out. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it in. <laughs> Who's Patrick? I never met him before. <laughs> He's that really old guy. I don't. I don't know. Never met him. <laughs> Have you never, never been him. on with Patrick yet? <laughs> no. Nope. I've been with Luke. Is... I've been with Luke and John, and you guys. I don't this know is... Patrick. And Joey. Yeah. And Joey. That's it. How have you not met Patrick? <laughs> no, really, I never met him. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> Doug, you want to give a, a gift to Patrick? No, what, I, I just said it. <laughs> no, your gift is not roasting him. <laughs> the gift of making everyone else look young. Hey, I appreciate it. All right. You know what? And what's funny is, even though I went last, I got the person I wanted to give the gift to first. Like, I, I literally got who I wanted to give a gift to. So, Luke, this is from me, Barnes, Luke. We've had, we've had, we've been like sandpaper rubbing up against each other. We don't always see eye to eye. And there are times where I'm like, dude, oh, where I'm literally just like, where I messaged Doug on the side. I'm like, dude, this guy's a freaking jerk. Like, I freaking hate Luke. Like, Luke's driving me nuts. But I know it's literally because we're trying to get better. You know, and thanks for including me, you know, bringing me, help bringing me on board. Like, Doug, like, it's like, hey, I know a guy and, then you and John like helped like bring me in with open arms. So Luke, 
you're always like editing my columns. New column went up on one up today. Uh, so, Luke, thanks for bringing me on board. I'm sorry that sometimes I drive you nuts and you drive me nuts equally. So, huge shout out to Luke. Um, just I'm going to let Doug give us the official wrap up, but just thanks everyone for listening in at this point so far. Guys, thanks for joining me today. I know today was like a little bit, we went a little bit longer than I thought we would, honestly. Yeah. So I hope it, you know, I hope it was as fun for you as it was for me. Uh, if you're listening in and, you know, you're hearing this, you're hearing it after the holidays. So I hope you had a Merry Christmas. But to you guys, we're about to celebrate Christmas or, and if, or you're about to celebrate whatever holiday you celebrate. Mm-hmm. Take time with your family. Enjoy it. Love you guys. Doug, sign us out. All right. So before I sign you out, I just want to say baseball reference, even though Albert Pujols has publicly stated that he is going to retire, baseball reference still has a projection for him for next year. You can read into what you want. I just thought that was pretty cool. All right. Um, (laughs) Yes. Like Bard said, we went a little long. We wrapped up some trades and free agent signings. We had Barnier's Christmas episode extravaganza. Had an awesome time. We're having awesome spaces in the morning. We had one today. We've made a bunch of new friends, had a bunch of new contributors. We had a bunch of our cast on there uh, talking for like freaking four hours. It was awesome. Um, Bleacher Brawls, you should know about us right now. If this is your first time listening in, please head over right now to bleacherbrawls.com. Check it out on there. And you can find links to our Twitter. YouTube, podcast, everything. You can find everything from there. Uh, at Bleacher Brawl on Twitter. Search Bleacher Brawls on YouTube and BleacherBrawls.com if you need to find us on the interwebs. Um, I lost my train of thought. Did you put your water bottle up to your mouth? I don't know why. <laughs> I'll, I'll put this out. Check out the YouTube channel. We have Red yes, Sox videos every Tuesday, go. Yankees videos every Friday right now for the offseason. And columns on the website go up. Red Sox columns on Monday, between the lines columns on Wednesday, and Yankees columns on Friday. Yep. We ju- and Derek just put out the uh, Diamondbacks and Blue Jays trade earlier today. So we talked about it a little bit on here. If you, you want to get some more info on it, you can go ahead and check out that YouTube video. Go ahead, subscribe, like, comment, whatever, all that good stuff. Uh, I'm Doug, the host with the most. Mr. Mustache Barnes over there, Derek, the YouTube consigliere, and Kasim, the the win right now Yankee fan. Uh, thank you guys all for joining me. If you're listening in, thanks for listening in. We're Bleacher Brawls. Have a good yeah, Chris Russo. Kasim is 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 our Chris Russo. Uh, uh, you'll be listening to this on Monday, I think, and the next one will be on. Thursday morning and then Sunday uh, and then Monday morning after that. So thank you all for listening. I'm Doug at Barnes, Derek and Kasim. Thank you all for joining. Hope you have a good holiday, whatever you celebrate. Peace out. Love. No hate. Deuces. Thanks everyone.